The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Hong Kong's pro-democracy protests have raged on for several months now. And with tensions flaring, China is cracking down on anything and anyone seen to promote the movement. That's gotten several American companies in trouble, both at home and abroad. There's new fallout this evening in the NBA's firestorm with China. The NBA tonight fighting back after being blasted for caving to China's communist government. Why did Activision Blizzard suspend this guy? I guess it was to, you know, to butter up to China, wasn't it? But few U.S. companies depend on China's $14 trillion economy like Apple. And the companies made a series of moves that critics say bow to the country's totalitarian government, including removing an app for Hong Kong's residents that displayed the movement of local police. Today on the show, Bloomberg editor Alistair Barr breaks down Apple's dilemma. Can the company keep selling in China without losing its soul? I'm Aki Ito. You're listening to Decrypted. Stay with us. Hey, Ali, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Alastair Barr. I'm an editor on the tech team in the US. I want to start a conversation today at the very beginning, maybe about a decade ago when Apple first started selling the iPhone and it started selling the iPhone in China. Tell us about the relationship that Apple's had with the country. It's been unprecedented, I would say, for a, a U.S. company. Uh, so iPhones are super, super popular in China, and they became super, super popular relatively quickly, but especially around 2014-15 timeframe when Apple made a bigger iPhone and it came out in gold and it was it was a status symbol and it was happening just at a time when China was was really becoming a lot wealthier and, and people were emerging out of poverty and there was a massive huge middle class mm -hmm. and it was a super cool status symbol to have an iPhone it was way ahead of most other phones in the world so China really really embraced it and they, they sold hundreds and hundreds of millions of these these phones. Okay, so that was fine for the first few years. Uh, China didn't seem to have a problem with Apple, but the company's gotten into dicier situations over the last few years. So selling a fancy gold iPhone in China wasn't particularly controversial, but now Apple is a, is a services company, so they have a new Apple News Plus service, for instance. That's not available in China at the moment. They have the iTunes store. They have the iBook store, the eBook store. And those things have either never been in China or, or they were blocked pretty soon after they launched. So Apple, instead of just making gadgets, is now providing information over the internet, just like Google or Facebook has done in a slightly different way. But it's still in the eyes of China. That's still something that is a, a threat for sure. And that gets us to the recent controversy over an app called HK Map. 
Yes, this is a basic mapping app that shows Hong Kong on your phone, and it shows users where large amounts of police are, so that they can avoid trouble. That's according to the developer. So tell us what happened. So originally, this is in late September. HK Map is submitted to Apple's App Store, and this is a typical process. Developers wait for Apple to decide whether to let it in the store. It's a super big deal if they get let in the store. Uh, so initially, it was rejected um, because of technical issues like like how it accessed payments and some other things. The developer then redid the app, resubmitted it again, and this was in early October. And Apple then rejected it for helping users evade law enforcement. We wrote that story up for sure because that that had very very large political overtones and and a lot of people were complaining about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then we were on Apple to find out why and whether they were going to change their mind. Basically, Apple then um, went back on that and, and approved the app and let it into the App Store. And then soon after that, the People's Daily, which is the communist. Government newspaper, they issued a an opinion piece which was really highly critical of Apple, and they they it was quite ominous, and they said, uh, "It's you know we we were not sure what Apple's intentions are here. Um, they may they may be helping people break the law, and so that in in China that that type of signal is basically the the Chinese government coming down on you really hard. So very very mm-hmm. soon after that, Apple pulled pulled the app again, and so that. That confluence of events really kind of proves that Apple basically did that just because the Chinese government wanted it gone. You know, I'm taking a look at the screenshot of HK Map, and it it kind of looks like Waze, the traffic app that we use here in the states.、Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the app? Yeah, so the developer actually made that comparison on on Twitter, and went and our, our Apple reporter Mark German interviewed the developer as well, and his his point is that.、Um, You know, Waze is a mapping app, and it can be used for many, many different purposes. You you can use it to avoid police speed cameras, <laughs> which in a way is avoiding law enforcement too. But、right. but the、uh, Apple still allows that into the App Store. So that that was a, ma- a major question. What was Apple's reasoning? So Tim Cook actually. Sent an email to Apple staff about it, and yeah, his reasons. Were pretty concerning, really. Where where basically Apple took the side of the Hong Kong authorities, and they were saying that the they had credible evidence from the Hong Kong authorities that the app was being used、um, for malicious purposes to target Hong Kong police,、mm-hmm. and really that that went down very very poorly because they really didn't provide any evidence for that.、Um, he also said that、um, the app was being used to break laws, but they didn't really say what laws were being broken, and no one no one that I've read. Has actually managed to find a law that has been broken because of that. We'll be right back. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar, and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. So, Ali, before the break, you walked us through this debacle surrounding the app HK Map, but it hasn't been the only way that Apple seems to be 
appeasing the Chinese government censors recently. So late, lately, Apple pulled the Taiwanese flag emoji from the latest version of the iPhone software that came out. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you were in Hong Kong or Macau, it's very hard for you to send. A Taiwanese flag emoji to someone else in mainland China. That was already the case that you you couldn't send it.、Um, mm. So that that caused some people concern. Probably not as big as the Hong Kong map issue, but a, another another good example. And then back in 2017, a really really big one was that Apple removed VPN apps from the App Store, all of them, and there were lots and lots of those apps. And that was a really very common way for people in China to get around the Great Firewall. So if you wanted to check what was on Twitter, you fired up one of these VPN apps,、right. and it spoofed your location and and it gave you access to Twitter and even Facebook to some degree. So China really really cracked down on that, and Apple. Basically, got rid of them all from the App Store. That was a, that was a real major one, and then the one that I think is super super interesting. We didn't report it unfortunately, but BuzzFeed did, and、um, over the weekend, so Apple has a new TV streaming service that's a bit like Netflix. I've seen the commercials for it. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, so they're really pushing that hard.、Uh, about a year or so ago, when Apple was wooing the creators and、uh, of these TV shows that they're going to stream online. They basically asked some of these creators not to portray China in a in a poor light. And Eddie Q, who's kind of the number three guy, Apple was was the one delivering that message. So、mm. that one especially is particularly disconcerting. I think it happens kind of a lot in in Hollywood,、mm-hmm. where、uh, China provides a lot of financing to movie studios, so they have to be super careful. But Apple likes to think of itself as being different. It stands up for ideals and、um, freedom of speech and privacy and things like that. And you know, in China right now, this 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 episode shows that it's probably not happening. And of course, this isn't just about the tech companies, and it's also not just about Apple. It's also about the NBA. Yeah, the NBA example is super, super interesting. So the general manager of the Houston Rockets tweeted support for the Hong Kong protesters, and there was a swift response from the Chinese government after that. The Chinese national TV broadcaster basically halted broadcasting any of the NBA games, and the market there is huge for the NBA. About half a billion viewers. Um, that's a, a lot of merchandising. That's a lot, a lot of advertising, and you know all that stopped very, very quickly after that tweet. I guess these Western companies that want to sell to China do have to play this very delicate dance that gets them into these、uh, controversies, increasingly more so. Probably, I guess one argument is to say, and, and certainly this is what free speech activists would say: it, it's just not worth it to sell your soul to China. But if iPhones were to get banned from China, that would be catastrophic for Apple's business. Yeah, it would be huge. The revenue that Apple gets from Greater China, which is China, Hong Kong, Taiwan,、um, is over fifty billion dollars a year, and、um, that the market there is. Super, super valuable, but it's also very fickle. So when when the Chinese government is unhappy with Apple, bad things happen. Probably indirectly, a really good example of that is with Huawei, which is China's national champion when it comes to tech companies.、Mm-hmm. And、smartphone maker. So the U.S. really cracked down on on Huawei roughly about a year ago, starting about a year ago. Soon after that, in the in the next quarter, Apple's iPhone sales in China they didn't do very well, and and Huawei's sales. 
rose quite a bit. Mm. And, and so nothing overt was ever said by the Chinese government or anything like that. But the, the theory is that basically either there was a national outpouring of support for, for Huawei or the Chinese government was sending a subtle message to everyone, do not buy iPhones by Huawei phones. So there's a real there's a real impact if Apple has to keep the Chinese government happy because that that was a little taster of what could happen if things continue to go bad. Right. I wonder if Apple has a little more leverage than it thinks though because it's such a big employer in China. Yeah, that's a, that is a really really good point. Almost all iPhones are assembled in China. Mm-hmm. At least a million people are are hired to do that. And so if Apple suddenly couldn't sell hundreds of millions of phones in China, then then some of those people would lose their job. Or because of the trade war and and tariffs and things like that, if Apple decided, oh well, we're gonna make we're gonna make all our iPhones in Vietnam and India, that would be really devastating to the Chinese economy and the and the Chinese government would not want that to happen at all. So there there is certainly a two way street going there. So Facebook and Google and all these other internet giants that have been trying and failing to get into China, what do you think their executives are thinking now as they're watching this unfold? Uh, Maybe relief. (laughs) (laughs) So even just a year ago, they were desperate to get into China. Now it looks like it would be a huge headache for Google and Facebook if they were in China. and, And they would be there making the same terribly difficult decisions that Apple is making right now. And especially for someone like Google um, with the famous motto, do no evil, you know, if they were in China right now and they were, they were serving censored search results in, in an environment like this, that would be extremely hard to support. And I think they would get a big backlash from Mm -hmm. customers, but also from, from their employees very much. So. Ali, if you believe in the ideal of freedom of information, do you think it's even possible for American companies to act ethically in China today? I think that's very, very difficult. So when I think about Apple in China today, I go back to the famous 1984 ad that ran during the Super Bowl for Apple Macintosh computers. And back then, the ad showed a totalitarian dictator on a big screen saying nasty things and everyone was standing there straight and looking scared. We are one people. And then um, a woman appears and smashes the screen. And the the whole message was that Apple was going to fight totalitarianism. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. And now, fast forward many, many years later, Apple is in China, is having to deal with this government and, and really it can be seen to be being forced to enable a form of totalitarianism. Alistair Bard, thanks for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. This episode of Decrypted was produced by me, Aki Ito, Sean Wen, and Topher Forges. Our story editor is Anne Vandermeer. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll see you next week.
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.